Welcome to the 30th episode of Let's Conquer Books. Eli Musk in the biography by Ashley Van said, My mentality is that of a samurai. I would rather commit seppuku, suicide, than fail. In this episode, I talk about the article by Sata Rana titled, There are two ways to read. One is useless, which talks about reading to understand. When filtering by right or wrong, you limit what you understand. Absorbing and filtering with an open mind. It's okay not to agree. Your mind will automatically filter what is relevant and what is not. Reading teaches you how to see. Filter for relevancy and understanding. So let's get into it. I'm Alexander the Great Reader, your host for this podcast where we read, study lessons, and build our inner power because the next level we will reach does not tolerate cowards. This episode was inspired by an article I found on Twitter. The article starts out with the first way because there's two ways to read and one is useless. The first way is the useless one. So he talks about reading to memorize or to critique both with the intent of choosing right or wrong. So memorize, you memorize to get the right answers on a test, not the wrong ones. You critique to establish what is right or wrong, feeding what you read to make a strong case, like when you're writing essays in school. Concentrate on the useful way of reading. That's what we're going to concentrate on in this episode. So there are, I think, it's six takeaways. The first takeaway of this article that I'm sharing with you that I, it's going to be part of my philosophy on reading. First takeaway is read to understand. He says, trying to put yourself in a different mode of reality so that you can absorb some of what the writing is telling you. I'm going to give you an example on how I do this, and I'm going to continue to do this. I read a book called Being Mortal by Atul Gawande, and it's about nursing homes. He's actually a doctor, and he had his parents going through a time where his father, I think, was going to pass away, and he was looking into nursing homes and the whole nursing home industry. The book talks about how the elderly would rather be at home than a nursing home. They feel more happy, more alive, more useful when they're at home. At nursing homes, they feel like it's over, no one pays attention to them. It's like being in a hospital. He also points out the, that family members must sacrifice more when they're at home. Like, you got to go there and make sure they have their groceries. You got to make sure they're showering if they need things to be fixed or they need things to be done on a computer. It's more a sacrifice every time. So putting them in nursing homes is kind of like a convenience. And it also relieves the family member who's trying to take care of the elderly person of worry, worry that they're going to fall, hit their head and die or break a hip or get hurt. So there's that worry of them being on their own in their home. The second takeaway is filtering by right or wrong. You limit what you understand. So he says, who is to say what you assume to be right or wrong is just a current bias that one day you will come to readjust. So the example of this is a book I'm currently reading called How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. 
for me, psychedelics and a lot of people view them as illegal drugs. That's what this book is a is about. Is about psychedelics, LSD, psilocybin, ayahuasca, DMT. I have a Christian sort of view bias that I want to tamper with that world. So I'm seeing it as something wrong, but I am not approaching this book that way. I'm not trying to filter it. Is this right or wrong? I'm just listening to the case he's making, all the research he's providing. And I've also noticed that many intellectual, creative, and hugely successful people talk well about psychedelics. Steve Jobs dabbled with them. Phil Jackson dabbled with them. Elon Musk. A lot of musicians have dabbled with psychedelics and have done great work they talk a lot about the research that's being done throughout the history a lot of history behind psychedelics and currently john hopkins is doing a lot of awesome treatments to wounded warriors with post-traumatic stress and it's helping them to deal with this psychological mental disability they have the third takeaway is absorb and filter with an open mind so he talks about finding the right thing at the right time so that you can improve and update your existing model of reality rather than mold whatever you're reading to fit it into as it is the example i'm going to give you is what i learned losing a million dollars by jim paul a really good book Nassim Taleb, a great author, always recommends this book. Most people look for advice when it comes to trading stocks or investments. And a lot of the marketing, the sales pitch is how much they've made, the percentage of returns they made. And that's what attracts the consumer, the person to buy the seminar, the reports, whatever it is they're selling, no one really concentrates on teaching you how to lose. And this is what is that book about. And I have personal experience in this. I've traded in a hedge fund for a little bit. And lose, knowing how to lose is the most important thing. So the wins are glorified, but the losses are what, are what take people out. Nobody talks about the losses. <coughs> so you got to understand risk management. Very important. And this book kind of dabbles into risk management. Like building a case before you make an investment. Looking at the history of the sector, of the industry. Looking at the, the trends, the moving averages. Looking how much volume is being put in. You're building a case before you make this investment. And then you have a percent you're losing to, willing to lose. So if you have $50,000 in this investment and say, I'm willing to lose $5,000, know when to get in. So if it does go down to $4,000, $4,500, you don't have to get out and it can go the direction because sometimes it doesn't move in the direction you want it to and you get out just because you didn't build a case and you see yourself losing $4,000. 5,000 and you really don't know where and you just let it keep going and going. So understand risk management and be comfortable with losing. The losses are what affect you more. 
you know, you care more about what people think to you, think about you, your whole body. You can tell when someone made money, but you can really tell when they're losing money. And your mind starts attracting itself to things that make no sense to make sense of your bad investment. And you say, it's going to be okay. Things are going to turn. One day it looks good. And you're like, see, I told you. And then two, three days bad. And you're like, it's okay. And then one, and it's just, you're in this delusion. So you got to understand it's okay to take losses and to be emotionally accepting of losses and they don't bother you. So that's why you have stop losses and you stick to them. You have that $5,000 loss. It goes to $5,000 and you're emotionally, psychologically okay. You said, okay, I lost 10% of my account. That's okay. I got 90% to, to deal with. Takeaway number four is it's okay not to agree. And it's fine to overlook what doesn't make sense. Your mind will automatically filter what is relevant and what is not. <clears throat> An example I'm going to use is a book I read called Own the Day by Aubrey Marcus. He talks about nutrition. I agree a lot with what he talks about nutrition. There's some stuff that doesn't make sense to me. And I just overlook. It was just so much information. He takes so much supplements that it, I think it would take him 20, 30 minutes just to take them out. So I just grabbed what was relevant to me. The sound, the results, the effects of these n- nutritional supplements were sounding good. And I only picked MTC oil that I put in my coffee. And there's so much great benefits with MTC oil. He talks about his sex life. He has an open relationship. I definitely do not agree with that. I'm not, I don't have that capacity to share my wife. There's people who can do that, but I just can't go through that hurt. Then he talks about cold and hot shock proteins, which I really, he was talking about all the benefits of it. And I was like, wow, I'm going to start doing this. So now I take cold showers in the morning because all the benefits he talked about convinced me. And I agree with them. And I, I was filtering all the other stuff, but this sounded good as something I can do. And the sauna four days a week for 20 minutes, that's the hot shot proteins, heat shot proteins. I'm doing that. So that was relevant to me at the gym to have a sauna. And now I'm convinced that I, of why I should do this and all the benefits. Takeaway number five is from this article is reading teaches you how to see. It moves you into the realms of reality that would otherwise stay unknown to us. An example I'm going to use is a book I just finished called The Future of Humanity by Michio Kaku. I heard about him on Impact Theory with Tom Bilyeu. He's like a physicist. He's famous. He's been on a lot of shows. And he's very smart. And I was like, I want to read a book by this guy. This guy's amazing. I actually liked his book better than... Uh, Tyson, Neil deGrasse Tyson, he wrote a book and I, I really didn't like it just because it was just too deep. He's an astrophysicist, but he talked about Mars a lot and about how the AIs are going to help us get there and robots and the biotechnology that we're going to need to live on Mars. And he gave a lot of relevant case studies of things that are, are moving along in those industries, in those sectors that are going to get us there. Sounds like, you know what? This is a possibility because I don't really don't know much, but this guy lives in that world. He spends a lot of the time reading and informing himself. I learned about the different levels of human beings. So I was seeing like 
I didn't even know the thing like this existed. And he was helping me see like there's type one human being that's a planetary civilization. And what it does is it captures all the energy that reaches the planet. So we're not even there. We're kind of a type zero. But when we can capture all the energy that reaches this planet from the sun, from the star, we're type one. Then we move to type two. That's a stellar civilization. That's when we capture all the energy from the sun all around. That it, everything it, it puts out, we capture it. Then you move on to type three, which is a galactic civilization, <coughs> which captures all the energy that the whole galaxy, all the stars and in that galaxy, all the energy, we capture it. I sound smart, right? That's what reading does. It'll help, it'll help you sound smart. I also read about how different ways to travel through space, and the most interesting one was traveling through laser beams, like laser beam you to other planets, to other universes, and that you wouldn't age doing that. And he talked about a lot of the technology that is progressing us towards that reality. Very amazing book. I never knew that people thought like this. People are creating technologies to move us toward this direction it's amazing takeaway number six is filter for relevancy and understanding the example i'm going to use is another recent book that i read it's called the old man in the sea by hemingway ernest hemingway again i'm a high school dropout i never read those books you were supposed to read when you were young i'm kind of reading them now and i'm enjoying them and this is one and I was trying to filter through this book to make it relevant in my times and understand what he's trying to say. And what I got from it is that he was struggling with this fish for a long time, trying to bring it in. But he was enjoying the process of that whole experience of capturing him, dragging him, fighting off sharks. Also, the, the message of success is not always guaranteed. He did catch it. He did have an opportunity to catch the biggest marlin he's ever seen. He actually caught it, but then there's these variables of sharks eating it away. His hands are hurting and bleeding, and he's out of weapons to, to kill all the things that are attacking this fish. And there's only a kid, one kid who believes in this sailor, this old man, fisherman. Everybody, he was on a bad streak, and nobody believed in him. But this one kid was like, I believe in you and you're good. And I want to learn from you. And he went and did this and kind of fulfilled the belief that, uh, of how he was portrayed by this kid who knew he had that in him. So all you need is really like one person to believe in you in that way. And you can go out and do what you're destined to do, what you're prepared to do. And the message of people will turn on you. You know, nobody remembers yesterday. They only remember today. So the action for the episode is read the article. I'm going to have a link on the show notes. Then take the current book you're reading or the next book you're going to read and use the takeaways that I talk about. Read to understand. Don't filter by right or wrong because you limit what you understand. Absorb and filter the book with an open mind. And it's okay not to agree what's in the book. Your mind will automatically filter what is relevant and what is not. And know that reading teaches you how to see. See what others see. Know what others know. 
lastly, filter for relevancy and understanding of what you're reading. I want to thank you for all the downloads and plays. We're at about 1,700. The reading challenge is at 111 books out of 140. I spend most of my time on Instagram, a little bit on Twitter, not that much on Facebook. So let's connect. Looking for show ideas, looking for people to interview, other book lovers, bookworms, book nerds, any companies that are in the book industry. So let's connect and I'll see you on the next one. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, or any other platform that has podcasts so you don't miss the next episode where I talk about why readers should have extreme ownership.